You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Hey, everybody, I'm not dead. Welcome to Rico Bronia. I do apologize. Uh, this is posting later than you expected. We have set the bar here at Rico Bronia that there'll always be a new Rico right after the series is over. I wanted to give it 12 hours. I wanted to make sure my voice was ready for this. I wanted to make sure my brain was ready for this. And since the Mets had a convenient off day, I don't look at it as the end of the world. So I do apologize that we aren't posting this until Thursday night, if that's when you're listening, or Friday morning. But it actually worked out well because there was more information that came out about the Mets that we'll get to in this podcast that wouldn't happen if we recorded this right after the Mets got their asses kicked by the Braves in the Marcelo Zunes a douchebag series. So we got a lot to get to. Daryl and Doc's numbers are being retired. The Otani injury. Edwin Diaz is continuing to pitch. Uh, but it's good to be back. It's good to look at Pete Hoffman. We're actually recording this right next to each other. I'm not contagious. I had strep. I'm not going to give you strep, Pete. I promise you. I appreciate that. Well, listen, again, we said this off air. As long as you have the antibiotics, you're you're good for like once you hit a certain point in time, you're good. That's it. I, I would send my kids to school. Let's put it that way. There you go. I was so <laughs> effed up during this Mets Brave series. I didn't score any of the games. That's how screwed up I was. And I watched Monday and Tuesday in a stupor. In a stupor of like sleep, vomit. Um, and every other horrible thing you can think of. So that first game that they had, like, it was crazy to me that they had an early 3 nothing lead, blew the lead, I passed out, I wake up, all of a sudden they're up 10-4. to And I'm like, what the F happened? So because I'm up all hours, I rewinded it to see, holy crap. And I, what I enjoyed about what they did Monday, and I was going to bring this up on the air Monday, but obviously I wasn't on the air, so this may be outdated, is that, Despite these wins not doing anything in terms of the standings, and and if anything being negative based on the draft pick situation, the Mets have shown us over the last couple of weeks or so, really a week and a half, that they have not quit. They have not given up. Now you may say, well, what the hell does that mean? Here's what I think it means, at least in my mind. If you had an effed up locker room, if you had a toxic locker room, if you had a room where everybody hated each other, I think that that would lead to just shriveling up and dying. And right after the trade deadline, they looked like a team that was shriveling up and dying. There's no doubt. They got swept by Kansas City. They got swept by Baltimore. And even though that wasn't proof enough that they had this bad locker room, there was at least some evidence now based on performance to back it up. What they have done outside of the Braves, mainly because the Braves just own their asses and they're 50 times better, I don't want to just ignore what's happened against the Braves. We'll obviously focus on this series. But grand scheme of things, when you look at what they did in the series against Pittsburgh, in the series against St. Louis, is to me at least, and it may not mean that much, it may be irrelevant to most, but I looked at it as, 
okay, this team has not just shriveled up and died. They're still playing. They're still competing. And though that may not matter in terms of standings, it matters to me in terms of the idea that this is this horrific locker room that needs to be broken up. Yeah, but here's the, the thing that disappoints me a little bit is that the people that are doing the winning, the, the, the players that are contributing are guys like Rafael Ortega, like DJ Stewart, guys that weren't here the whole season. Well, that's not true, though. Jeff McNeil's red hot. Francisco Lindor's been red hot. Pete Alonso's had his moments. Daniel Vogelback is even <laughs> contributing. Like, I get it. They're getting step-up performances by guys that will not be involved next year. You're right. But you can't just ignore the fact that there are other guys that have played well during this stretch. No, that's true. And then the disappointing thing is that, I mean, take a side yesterday, start with Jose Quintana. For the most part, he's pitched great. Like, you could see him as, as not saying a future piece, but like as like a, a good number three starter in this this rotation and seeing how if things worked out where people were healthy the entire season, that actually this team wasn't that far off. And you see Verlander, yeah. you see Verlander and Hurry Houston going, oh crap. I know. We're not I, that we weren't that far away. Yeah, I I haven't gone full they shouldn't have done it yet. I haven't had that full regret. I mean look, the Mets are not going on any kind of crazy run here. And I there was no moment during the St. Louis series where I was like, well if they win this game and then they win this game. I haven't gotten there. But as a fan, I'm enjoying them winning because I don't want to sit there every single night and watch listless, crapful baseball. So I'm glad they've played well. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways this season could have gone differently. There's a lot of ways. Verlander missing the first month. Quintana missing the first few months. The injury to Pete Alonso, The struggles of Jeff McNeil. Like There are a lot of different things where if you turn one of those things the other way, this season looks different. They don't necessarily blow it up. And who knows? Because obviously the bottom of the National League is weak. You know what it's going to take to get that second and third wild card spot may only be eighty-five wins, and I don't think we would have guessed that number. Let's say a few months ago. So they do come into this series at least with a little bit of momentum. I was not, and I would have said this if I was healthy enough to record with you guys the other day. I was never under this belief of here comes a run. It was more they're playing well. That's fun. And I want to beat the Braves. And I know that there's this double-edged sword when they play the Braves. They win on Monday night. I'm sure there were Met fans who said this because I was not able to listen to anybody or go on Twitter or read anything because I would get a headache and then vomit. But I'm sure there were some, after that win on Monday, who thought, why now? This should have happened last September or last October. And I get that. I get that. I mean, you could say that about Jeff McNeil's hot streak. Great, you're hot now. What about two months ago? I'm sure Yankee fans said that about Aaron Judge's three-home run game. Great, you do it now with nine in a row. How come you couldn't do this a week and a half ago? It doesn't take away from the fact that I still hate the effing Braves and want to beat them, though. Like, I still want to beat them. And that's why what happened in game two and game three was so freaking frustrating. Because they win the opener of this series. They are set up with a shot to just win a series against Atlanta. Does that change anything? No. But does it make me and maybe some of us feel better in the middle of this horrific season? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the Brave fans are incredibly obnoxious. Mar- excuse me. Marcelo Zuna is the least likable player in baseball. Like, yeah. Chipper Jones, Tom Glavin, and John Smoltz are sharing a booth together, probably laughing at the Mets. Like, yeah, it would have been nice if the Mets could have won a game. And that game, too, was so infuriating. Everything about it, from Alonzo popping up in the eighth inning with the tying run on second to 2-1, nobody out in the ninth inning against Rysel Iglesias. And look, Francisco Alvarez 
has had a fine rookie season. I think at the end of the day, he'll still be one of the positives from this season. But he has been so extremely streaky. And when he came up with two on and nobody out in the ninth inning, with the way he's been going lately, there was not a doubt in my mind he was grounding into a double play. Not a doubt in my mind. And that ball off the bat, I thought for a second, well, I'm going to be wrong. It's going to be a triple play. It's going to be a 5-4-3 triple play, and that's how this game's going to end, and why the hell not? Like, that'd be the perfect exclamation point to us sucking against Atlanta. But Alvarez, and I don't even blame Buck now for saying, hey, we're going to cut down his playing time. Why not? He looks like he's worn down. I'm still hopeful for him in the future. He is still the starting catcher of this team next year, no question. I'm not looking to trade him, obviously. But he has been so up and he's been extreme this season. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, well, you think about the, the biggest moments that came, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest comebacks came off of his bat in the biggest situations. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that. He's always, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's going to be his career. He's always going to be up in the biggest spot. I just, it just seems to be, with the one game that we went to, I think as well, like he was up with like the seventh or eighth inning or whatever it was in another big spot. He's consistent. The thing is, he doesn't always land, and that that is a problem. But again, he ain't consistent. Consistent of what? Consistent that he's always up in the big spot. Oh, oh, <laughs> that yes, that is true. The big spot finds him. I'll give you that. Yeah. But I mean, again, yeah, but again, the the point is though is that I will. He will. He has his moments, and that enough will set the tone for future years with him. He's had a fine rookie season. He's done enough where he's the guy. He's the catcher behind the plate next year. He do, He's good enough offensively where when he doesn't catch a day game after night game, he should probably be the be, be the DH. Obviously, the makeup of the roster will have a lot to say in that. But right now, he's, he's frustrating because he's not the same guy. And if you look at his numbers broken down by month, it's kind of crazy. It's, he's an every-other-month kind of guy. So maybe he'll have a huge September. <laughs> maybe that's what it means. But game two pissed me off. Game two and losing that game three to two was the game where I knew they're, they're losing this series. There's not a doubt in my mind they're losing this series. And that sucks because it's the Braves and you want to beat them. And Quintana in game three of this series, he was good for a few innings. He ran out of gas in that fifth inning, sixth inning. I forget the inning. Buck stuck with him way too long. I get why he did, though. You know, he's going to trust Quintana. Him and Senga, the only two guys in this rotation you trust. And obviously the game got completely out of whack. As far as Peterson and McGill is concerned, there's nothing they can do over the next month. There's nothing that they have done in the brief time they've entered the rotation that's going to change what they are, which is not members of the rotation next year. You want to view them as depth guys? Fine. Depth guys are never going to be great. Think about it. Like, your depth starting pitchers, you can't have them be reliable starters because if they were reliable starters, they'd be reliable starters. They wouldn't be depth guys. I'm intrigued by both of them out of the bullpen to see if they can become better weapons that way, especially with McGill. McGill's velocity's been way up. 
So it seems like since they traded Max Scherzer, Tyler McGill has taken Max's advice and thrown it out the window and said, why should I listen to this guy? So he's throwing harder. But he's not. There's no evidence that either McGill or Peterson. And the only thing Peterson has going for him is a lefty, so you can be a late developer. I buy that. These guys are not a part of the rotation next year. And if they are, then that just shows you the state of the 2024 New York Mets. Well, but the, my, my other question is this, though. Like, they keep on trying the Peterson, the McGills. I understand that you have to j- just give it a shot. Maybe something will click. But then Joey Lucchese goes out there, has a good good, good <laughs> outing, and they, they option him again. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me why they don't give him a fair share. He deserves a fair shake. I think he will come back after the 10 days are up. Obviously, they got a weight barring injury to bring Joey Lucchese up. I think... Probably because they're going to try to limit Senga's innings and not pitch him too often. They're going to want a sixth man in the rotation a lot anyway. I think Lucchese should come back. I think Lucchese is definitely a depth guy next year. I don't see the upside as much in converting him into the bullpen, into a bullpen role, and having him flourish there. I think I can see it more with Peterson and McGill. But those are the auditions we're looking at. Same thing with the bullpen. The bullpen's had its good moments. I mean, think about how well the bullpen pitched on uh, game one of this series. The the entire bullpen ended up pitching four and a third scoreless innings against that brave lineup, which is not bad. So they've had their moments, but is Phil Bickford or Trevor Gott or Sam Coonrod necessarily a part of this pen next year? I think they battle for spots, but I think you'd want more reliability in this bullpen, which just annoys me to no end, though. It just kills me. Is and it, again evident in this series against Atlanta, and this is the team that they should do it against. More Mets get hit, and nothing happens. And, and I, I've come up to a new conclusion. Ronald Acuna Jr. is a great baseball player, and I have no issue with him as a person. I've seen nothing that makes me think Ronald Acuna is a bad guy. He's a flashy baseball player. He is a great baseball player. I respect him. Like, I, I just respect Ronald Acuna. So I need to change something I've said for months, which is the Mets need to drill Ronald Acuna. He's not the guy. The guy they need to drill is Marcelo Zuna. He's a douche, number one. Okay, let's – and Brave fans know it. I know they feel bad cheering for him. We'd all do the same thing, too. Like, you're cheering for the performance, not the human. They all know he's a horrible scumbag. Like, we all know that. That's not debatable. So when you drill him, you could accomplish a couple of things. A, you could do it to stand up for yourself. Two, you could punish a bad human being. And three, he was like 8 for 12 in this series. So he's also tortured the Mets. So it's done now because they don't play the Braves again. But they should have drilled this guy like five different times. And the gutless Mets have continued. And I blame Buck for this mostly. The tone is set by the manager. Like, why they have not ever decided to fight back, whether it's, I think, charging the mound is an individual person issue. So I wouldn't put that on, Buck. That's up to the player. Guy gets drilled. He wants to charge the mound. Go dance. Go dance. But in terms of hitting somebody, it bothers me that Buck has never called upon the Mets to do it. And now it's too late, unless you want to wait till April of next year. Well, listen, again, do they have someone that can actually hit somebody is the question. Oh, come on. Sam Coonrod can hit somebody. <laughs> I mean, I, I I, don't understand the point of, of fighting when it comes down to the hitters. I will never say that they should go and charge them out because they literally, I don't want to see Alonzo get hurt. Again, I don't want to see, you know, when, when Nimmo or any McNeil, Lindor, whoever's getting hit. 
they have too many injuries as it, as it is. I don't need to see a brawl like that. You're right about hitting. The, you're right about hitting Ozuna. That's fine. But I will take it away from the the hitters themselves. I do not need to see them go out there and start a brawl and then all of a sudden get doing Edwin Diaz just just by being okay. physical. But but Pete, it's August twenty fourth in a season that's over. So if there's ever a time to do it, wouldn't it have been now? Oh yeah, no, of course. Fracture but- your hand, you'll be back next year. No, but then you know they're not like that. They these guys. Pete Alonso wants to play. Pete Alonso wants to play. I, I respect he, it, but and that's a that that is a problem. And again, this is from something that if you look at the Chicago White Sox, the team leaders like they asked they they grilled Eloy Jimenez the other day and said, "What about the leadership? Have you discussed? Has anybody discussed with you being a leader on the team?" I don't know if the Mets really have any true leaders that want to step up. I really don't. Well. Like I think Lindor has always given off the image that he's the leader of this team, but he may not be the kind of I want to fight other people leader that Keith Hernandez was. In fact, and I noticed this from this series against Atlanta, Keith was more disgusted than ever with Lindor hugging umpires, shaking hands with opponents, and that's not to me Lindor. That's baseball in 2023. It's not a Lindor thing. It's a, hey, Keith, and I'm not ripping Keith because I understand where he's coming from, but this is 2023, where players are friends with players and they're friends with umpires. I think that happened. I forget which game of this series when Lindor hugged an umpire, and Keith's like, "Well, what are you doing?" So I think Lindor, while he is a leader in my mind, I don't think he's a "Hey, I want to kick your ass" leader. He wouldn't fit the '86 Mets, is my point. Well, I mean, he would take it out on Jeff McNeil, but that's about it. Well. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was the one example of it, I guess. But that took a lot. Took a lot of prodding, I guess, before that finally <laughs> happened. Either way, this series sucked. Well, let's just call it like it is. They win a game against Atlanta. We're feeling better about ourselves. And the Mets never saw another lead again. That's what it came down to. 